Quiet, please. with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is audition coach and acting coach Kristen Shaw. I'm so glad she's with us. We're going to talk about how to audition uh, better, more effectively, and to book work, some of the secrets and tips and suggestions that she has for you, my listeners. And I want to thank all of you, my listeners, for joining us here at Movie Beat. I'm your host, Rex Sykes. We'll get to Kristen in just a few moments. Thanks for joining us. The chat room is open. If you've got questions for my guests, feel free to ask. If you're listening to this archived, obviously you can't be in the chat room. Uh, too bad for you. I just have to say that. Uh, but there are over 130 other excellent interviews right there at the website, which is rexsykes.com. That's the official website for Rex Sykes Movie Beat. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. It's my name. And uh, you go there, you go to the interviews blog, and you go into the archives, which we just scroll down on the main page of the interviews, and uh, go into the archives, find the guest name you want to listen to, and click on their name on their link and it'll open up a biography page and inside the biography page it'll say one of two things it'll say upcoming which means like today if you're listening from the website you'll notice it says upcoming and the time uh, otherwise it'll give a time and a date in the future and that means it hasn't occurred quite yet and if it says to listen live click bolded link then you just click the bolded link and uh, and you can listen right there from the website but the good news is is that you can also subscribe at uh, iTunes to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and that way you'll always be updated to new interviews each and every time they're added, and you refresh your electronic device, you will get a new interview right there at your Touch or your iPad or your iPhone or your BlackBerry or whatever electronic device it is, and you'll have them to listen to when you drive or you walk or wherever you are. And what these interviews are, you see, Movie Beat's really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I connect you up with the professionals who are making it happen. They share their expertise. They share their knowledge. They share their insider information so that you can be more successful in your career, whether that's in front of the camera or in behind the camera, whether you're a filmmaker or a writer or an actor or a gaffer or a makeup artist or a craft service. It doesn't matter. They're going to tell you what to do and what not to do and how to do it more effectively, more efficiently, and less costly. So uh, we're glad that you're here. We pull back the veil like the, uh, the Wizard of Oz, and we, uh, we show exactly what happens behind the scenes. Now, uh, you can subscribe to the official website by clicking on the RSS feed at the welcome page of RexSykes.com. And uh, we always love it when you tweet us. BT is the address to retweet or to follow. Or post the information about guests on your wall on Facebook or your wall on MySpace. I love it when you post it on my wall or when you make comments. But when you post it on your wall, 
or you email your friends, or you make a comment right there at the live site, your friend, if you fantasy review the show, or you do so at the podcast site, you rate and review them. It extends the reach of Movie Beat and my guests that much further, and that much farther, and that much faster uh, than we could ever do otherwise. So your sharing the information about my guests helps promote my guests, and I surely appreciate that. I appreciate all of your support, your email, and your comments. Uh, I had a great time last night at the Live Pigs premiere in Milwaukee. It was the world premiere for the horror film Live Pigs. They're now going off to the, the filmmakers who are going to be in Detroit, and then they go to Texas. And you go to livepigsthefilm.com to find their schedule. But it's a wonderful, grisly uh, documentary horror film uh, that uh, I enjoyed very much, and the filmmakers are delightful. So um, I wanted to pass that on to you. Just a few announcements, and we'll bring Kristen on. Um, the Art and Craft of the Director Film Workshop is May 14th through 16th in Vancouver. It's run by Peter Marshall. He's the director uh, here on Movie Beat. He's done uh, the director series. He's, we're currently in that series. He's, he's provided us the six-part uh, first AD series. Uh, in June, Kevin Sorbo, who will return as a guest some some point soon, uh, has his charity, A World Fit for Kids. It's a golf tourney in Las Vegas. If you like golf, if you like kids, if you like charity, and you like celebrities, and you like uh, to be out in the desert, uh, go uh, support the cause. It's a good charity. Uh, Firestarter Films' next event is May 14th in Milwaukee at the Harley-Davidson Museum. So if you like motorcycles and you like movies, that's a great place to be. It's a Friday night coming up May 14th. I'm going to be shooting uh, Woody's World. It's the director. is Ron Coleman, producer. He produces, I produce. Uh, the show Woody's World is a TV pilot. We shoot, uh, we, we go into production May 2nd. It's a half-hour live-action animated comedy sitcom. I'm sorry. Uh, so we start that production. Then I go to New York. Then I'm in L.A. in June. Uh, we continue to film on the feature film Spade County Massacre and Broken Orbit and, and many other projects that we're working on right here in Milwaukee. But enough about all that. Let's get to my guest. And... Um, and uh, I am very pleased to have her. It is uh, Ms. Kristen Shaw. And she's appeared in over two dozen film and television projects, as well as having more than 25 national commercials to her credit. Uh, recently, she was seen as Nora, the, uh, as Nora uh, in the first Gentleman's Chief of Staff and ABC's hit Commander-in-Chief. Um, she was uh, called the Modern Day Lady Macbeth by the New York Times for portrayal of Fiona. Uh, she was William Peterson's uh, tough-talking wife in the Oscar-nominated film The Contender. She received an Emmy campaign by the producers of the critically acclaimed ABC series Line of Fire for her role as Janet Malloy, which was wife to the uh, mob boss played by David Pamer. Uh, you can look for her in Resurrecting the Champ with Samuel Jackson, The Last Castle with Robert Redford, Nothing But the Truth with Kate Beckinsdale, uh, and, and many others. And uh, she's going to be talking to us now about uh, acting and uh, auditioning and booking work. So we'll be bringing Kristen on. You there, Kristen? How you doing? I'm here. Hi. Hi. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. you. Uh, we've got guests in the chat room, and uh, I know they're eager to hear what you have to say. Um, so tell us a little bit more about yourself, and, and uh, you're now in Atlanta. You moved from L.A. to Atlanta, and uh, maybe fill us in with what's happening there in terms of business and opportunity, and then we'll go into uh, your suggestions for uh, successful auditioning. 
All right, sounds good. Um, I was in L.A. for about 15 years. I went right after college, did the, you know, drove out in my Honda. <laughs> Crazy. I don't recommend that to anyone, but I did. And then I, I was out there for about 15 years, um, studied with some great people, did some great projects, uh, made my living as an actress for the last 10 I was out there, and um, then recently, just within the last year, I moved to Atlanta. Uh, I, I really, I feel like the industry has changed so much since I started, and it's gone so digital, which is something we'll talk about today, but um, you really can almost live, I wouldn't say anywhere, but there are a lot of other options where it used to be just L.A. or New York. So um, I'm here. I'm in what really feels like the Hollywood of the South. Uh, that's what a lot of people are calling Atlanta, and it's it, definitely since I've been here, I see that. I mean, there's so much industry here and, and so much opportunity here. It's very exciting. And since I've been here, I've been uh, focusing on coaching actors. I, I really believe that audition technique is the the next, most important skill that uh, that actors can have, um, almost more important than being a good actor, which is probably a controversial thing to say to some actors, but uh, I grew up kind of in the method world. I was a very, very intense method actress for the whole time I was out there, and then started to notice sort of a drop in my bookings and um, one of my managers had suggested that I go and do an audition technique class, which I snubbed my nose at for a long time because I was a method actress. We don't do that. That was sort of selling out. And I did it, and it just blew my mind, changed the way I auditioned, changed the way I was working, and um, now that's a lot of what I teach. So I teach kind of a combination uh, of audition technique, and then underneath that, the method work, or even I kind of try to help each person find their own method, if that makes sense. But things have gone so digital. I mean, that if you don't have the audition technique, it doesn't matter how good of an actor you are, you're not going to work. Well, I'm glad you said that, and, and you know, I actually agree with you um, for a number of reasons. One is... Uh, I, I do think it's important to be the best actor you can be, but I also understand now more so than ever. I mean, when I was a young actor, I didn't get this. I just wanted to be the best best actor, you know, and 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 uh, and do the best work. Uh, but it is a commercial business, and I don't mean television commercials. I mean that it's a it's a product driven business, whether mm-hmm. it's TV or film or webisodes. And the way you get into that is by by through the audition process. So in order to give a good audition. Yes, you have to be good enough to have, you know, to to be long-lasting and have a career and to deliver the goods. But if you can give a good audition, you know, and you can meet the right, you get a better chance at meeting the right people. So that entry point is, it's the first impression you're going to make. So I agree heartily, I mean wholeheartedly with you that it's sometimes even more important than being, you know, a good actor. And certainly you can look at, you know, history and say, well, there are plenty of bad actors who are starring in television shows, but they got there for a reason. You know, and it wasn't just because they, you know, knew somebody. Um, they they got there also because they knew the business and how to mm-hmm. get there. So yes, thank you very much. Also, I, I'm going to piggyback on something you said earlier, and that is uh, 
Georgia really seems to have its act together when it comes to the motion picture business. I was at the Film Commissioner's Convention last year in Los Angeles. I didn't, I wasn't able to attend this year, and what an impressive. Uh, display of information, knowledge, uh, incentives, reasons for being there. I mean, they really have their act together. They stood out above all the other. I got to say this, but, you know, including my own state, but they stood out above head and shoulders about everybody in terms of what they what they could talk about, what they could offer. Uh, it was just very impressive. Yeah, I I agree. There's so much business coming here, and it's it's interesting. There seems to be a lot in uh, New Orleans as well, um, but. New Orleans is gonna it's gonna pull in some film, uh, and I think it may even pull some of that film business away from Atlanta. But the thing that Atlanta has going for it that no other major city really has to to this degree that the reason I think this business is gonna pull here more and more is um, is, is the airport. Uh huh. Everything flies in and out of here, and they, you know, doing any type of film or TV, especially TV, they've got to have easy access. I did a movie in um, in Shreveport, and I did a movie um, in, uh, uh, in New Orleans, and and it's such a difficulty to get actors in and out of there. You know, and to get their producers in and out, and to get—I mean, it's just—it's one travel difficulty after another. And so, not to badmouth another state, but you know, Atlanta's got that so together that there's so much access that I, I think that's—it's it, just going to keep pulling here more and more. I mean, there are 12 or 15 TV shows that shoot here all the time, you know, and that number wow. keeps growing. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones that are still going. We've had a couple that um, got that were canceled. Past Life was here, and that that show was canceled. And but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity here, and it seems to be just increasing every year. It's a great place to be. Oh, very cool. And if you can be, I guess you should be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do I think <laughs> uh, well, so, Kristen, let's let's get into talking. Now more about you know auditioning the audition process and and what uh, uh, what actors need to know. So what's the first the very first thing they need to do when considering you know uh, giving a good audition? What how do they prepare? I, I, you teach classes, but I do. Um, I I think the very first thing that I would say is is to to prepare is to have a slight change in perspective for what I think most actors go in there to do, and and. Two parts. The first part is most actors go in there to get the job. I think that's a mistake. Uh, and one of the first things I teach actors, it, it, you have to pull back and look at the business a little bit. And I loved, um, if anybody has a chance to listen to Michael Sontag's interview uh-huh. with you, and he, he quoted Deb Aquila, who's one of my favorite casting directors of all time, um, and he tells this story about how, you know, if you're looking for a little black dress and you see a great white suit, you know, you need to know where to, you know from there on where to find that white suit. So if you're the actor that's the white suit, you need to stop trying to be the little black dress. So I, I tell my actors, it if you go in to get a job, sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you is that you book the first job you audition for with that casting director. 
And this happened to me in Los Angeles a couple of times, and I noticed if I book the first job I auditioned for with that casting director, they don't have the opportunity to hire me again for a while. So I basically get a job out of it, but I don't make a fan out of the casting director, and I don't get them invested in me. So I teach my actors, you need to go into every audition looking at that audition as if it is my opportunity to teach them how I can best help them. Casting directors and directors have a need to fill. They have an ongoing need to fill work, certain parts, right? So if if I, especially if I, I look at Atlanta, I say, you know, there may be a dozen casting directors here. I'm not about getting the first job they submit me on or the first job they see me for. I'm about making a fan out of that casting director. They are the they are my only doorways into ongoing work. So if I can audition for somebody five times and by the fifth time I walk out of the door and that casting director says, oh, my gosh, I love this girl. i got to find something for her. She's fantastic. You know, I, I've made a fan now for life, and I'm in this business for life. So I don't want today's job. I want tomorrow's job as well. So that's, that's the first thing I Excellent, excellent advice. Excellent, excellent. You know, because it really you do have to have a mindset when you approach, you know, anything really. I mean, you know, and the better your attitude and the better the mindset uh, that you have, uh, the greater the opportunity. And, and I love, I love that. You know, uh, we we often in sales, and I mean in regular sales, they often have said that the, the too early a success. You know, if people making cold calls, if they call and they happen to, you know, make a sale right out of the door, that that oftentimes is the worst thing that could happen to them because they don't learn you know, the process, and, and what I love about what you said is that the acting director doesn't get to see your value, but they see your value over time, they become a fan, and then they're searching for things for you. And my experience with the casting who's been on the show, like Michael Sontag, who will be back, and Jackie Birch, and, and Daniel Eskenazi and others, is they're looking to do just that. They want to place their people, and they love people, and they, and they really are looking to help them out. Most actors, I don't think, realize that about casting directors, so... No, they don't, and they don't realize the casting director is on your side. And also, a lot of actors don't realize the casting director has a lot of power. So if I am going into my fifth or sixth or twelfth audition for somebody, and the director is between me and somebody else, and that casting director knows me and knows my work and knows that I'm professional and I'm solid, you know, and it's between me and somebody else, that casting director can say to the director, hey, listen, you know, I don't know this this other girl's work, but when it comes to Kristen, she's professional, she's great, she's solid, she's a nice person to have around, she shows up on time, she's sober, <laughs> you know, when she shows up, she's, you know, she gets, she's got her lines down, and she's a lot of fun. So, you know, take, take your pick, but if if I was choosing, I'd lean this way. They have a lot of power. And as actors, a lot of times we forget that or we sort of see the casting director as an adversary, you know, as somebody necessary to, to we have to get past them. But really, they're our partners. And I think that's an important thing for for, for actors to start to remember, I teach I teach a whole class on the business of the business, and I talk to actors about how to market yourself and 
and I market myself and my actors mar- learn to market themselves in a partnership, not in a, I need a job, I need a job. And I'll tell people all the time, I'm like, you don't need to write to that casting director and tell them that you need a job. You're an actor. They know you want a job. That's the last thing you need to say to them, you know. What you need to do is start to learn who you are, how to best utilize you. The other thing I would say, in going back to where I started with all this, I said there were two things that I think benefit the actor the most. So that was the first one. The second one is realizing that they do not hire the best actor. They hire the character. Correct. So if you if you want a lot of actors sort of do what I call the actor showing off and they want to go in as one person and then show them, you know, this flip into this other character. And that is indulgent, and it's an actor showing off. And and I I liken that to if anybody watches American Idol, you know, when they're doing all the first run auditions, and there there's some of those singers who come in and they just belt and they hit the back of the room, and you know your ears hurt, and they're hitting all these notes and they're doing all these trills and all this stuff, and you feel like saying, you know what, just settle down and breathe and sing a nice song. That's really all we need. And actors do that a lot of times, too. They want to go in and, and, and push it or, you know, show off a little bit or show them these, you know, go in in one accent and then change the accent. and All those things, I take all that away because it, 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 as soon as I see you pull an actor move, I'm watching you be an actor, not living the life of the character that, I've wanting, that I'm wanting to cast. Again, uh, very sound, very great advice for for people not only to listen to but to to embrace. And it's tricky. It's hard, you know. A lot of uh, a lot of us we become actors because we want to hide behind other people's personalities. And telling an actor that you got to give all that up and you have to just embrace your own personality and your own authenticity and live that fully is a very scary thing for a lot of actors. But I think if you look at where the viewing audience has gone and you look at where acting in general has gone, you know, we we have a very sophisticated audience now. I mean, we watch things in high def. Mm-hmm. We see we, the days of the actor being able to squirt um, uh, the, <laughs> that stuff in their eyes and then look up at the camera and have the tears coming down. You know, that is done. <laughs> You can't pull that anymore. I mean, there's shows that are on television that it's hard to tell the difference between a documentary and a and scripted. Right. You know, we're very, very sophisticated in what we want to see. And so those people, like you were saying, these people that stumble into TV series and stuff like that, that you think, gosh, they're not even good actors. How did they get that job? They They came in so authentic that when they leave – the people that are hiring can't see that character any other way. They bring it to life in such an authentic way. That's uh, you know, I, I again, you know, I, I support I support that a hundred percent. I think that the the thing that happens with a lot of us who go into the acting profession is that we think you know, a couple of things. One is. Uh, I'm going to be a performer, and and it's about being an artist. And we go to workshops where it's about the craft, and it's about 
you know, being the best. And I, and I don't have any problems with that. But but we, we think about it more in terms of art than it, as a business. And we and what you said earlier, you know, they want to book a job. But you, and, and when I moved out of L.A., the one word I never heard in almost any conversation was the word career. But in Los Angeles, it was acting career, writing career, producing career, gaffing career, makeup artist career. I mean, the, the, the idea was a career. But I don't think that people, many people, I should say, or, or not nearly enough people, approach the notion of a career as I have to have a plan for my business, just as if I were manufacturing toilet paper or paper towels or uh, hardware for cabinets, you know, and I wanted to sell it in, in the market worldwide or I wanted to sell it regionally. You've got to have a plan to do that. You know, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? Where are you going to do it? Who's going to be your suppliers and all this? And I think the same thing has to happen with the actor. They have to go, all right, it's not about the job. It's about the career and how do I create a career and, and what is the path and what do I need to do and how do I need to do it? And, and you've given just some awesome advice already just right out of the gate mm-hmm. about kind of the thinking cap that these that we all have to put on you know when it comes to creating uh, not just the job but creating career longevity absolutely i think one of the biggest myths out there that is one of the biggest detriments to actors and and the actors that believe it are digging their own Whole as far as their career is concerned, but the the worst myth that is, that is still perpetuated is this idea that if I'm a really great actor, I have an innate talent, and it's just this God-given gift. And if uh, all I have to do is find the right person to discover me, right, and give me the opportunity, and then I'm going to be a big star. That is such a load of things I can't say on the radio, because, yeah, and it is something that Hollywood perpetuates, it's something that, you know, it's like the idea that you have a soulmate, and once you meet your soulmate, uh, you will never again have another problem or issue to address, and you'll live happily ever after. I mean, it's just, it right. just doesn't work that way. And I, and I tell my actors, I say, you know, if I want a brain surgeon, I want a brain surgeon who has an innate gift. I also want him to go to med school. Right. You know, I mean, this idea that you, you, yes, you have an innate gift. Of course you do. But if you're lazy about your gift, if you don't want to work the, the, and hone your craft, then your gift doesn't mean anything. True. No, very to true. anyone. And so th- this I- and the other thing is is the idea that somebody needs to discover me and give me a break puts all of my power in somebody else's hands. That is a very frustrating way to live your life and it will suck the life out of you. Well, and I think as an actor, the idea that you're going to be discovered is tantamount to uh, winning the lottery. I mean, you've got exactly. just as much you probably got just as much chance of winning $100 million in a lottery as you do of being discovered. You probably got a better chance of being recognized because you're cute or you're handsome than you do of being discovered because you're a great actor. Yeah, and even then, it, it's such a – it's so rare. I was friends um, – when I was in L.A., a friend of mine, this uh, actress named Amy Adams, who now has been you know nominated for many awards and – working with Meryl Streep and doing great things. Well, Amy has what looks like an overnight success story. She did this little tiny movie called Junebug 
shot in North Carolina. Whole movie was shot for like a hundred grand or something. Ends up getting nominated for Oscars. She's a big star. People look at her and go, "Oh my gosh, sign me up." Well, Amy was, I think, right around thirty when that movie hit. Maybe twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Um, but Amy, I happen to know, had been working professionally as an actress since she was 14 or 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I, and fully supporting herself as an actress from that age. I mean, she was, it, it took her 15 years to have an overnight success. It took Kathy Morris, who's uh, um, another actress I know, um, who's now the girl on Cold Case. Right. Um, and... Same exact thing. She had, you know, she got cold case. It was like she was this overnight success. She'd been working since she was 18 years old. I mean, it was, again, like a 15-year overnight success story. But that's not romantic, and that's not what people want to hear. (laughs) So that's not the story that gets perpetuated. So we all buy into this, you know, this other thing. But my feeling is if if you love it and you want to be an actor, you want to be in class because – that's where your heart and your soul is. You know, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you, if you if people come to me and they go, well, how long do I have to be in class? I say, as long as you want to be an actor. You know, it's like, how long, how long do you have to go to the gym? <laughs> as long as you want to stay in shape. Yeah, and you if know, you feel like you don't want to go to class or that feels like too much work or that feels like too much commitment for you, then that is a wonderful indication that this is a hobby for you and you should embrace it as such and there is nothing wrong with that it's a wonderful hobby well you know you, you the first thing i'm going to say is that from the time i was a young actor uh, 18 years old because we'll go when i when i joined sag i mean prior to that i acted but when i joined screen actors um the conventional wisdom at that time and i'm a thousand years old uh was a, an overnight success of 15 years. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it is cliche in Los Angeles. Expect it mm-hmm. to last 15 years before anything even happens, you know. And and there are rare times when it, it happens otherwise for other people. And you're so right about it being romanticized. It's like, oh, I was walking down the street with my dog, and, you know, I was doing a play, and I ramped in, you know. And, um, but I, I think it was Nick Nolte was 35 when he got cast in Rich Man, Poor Man playing a teenager. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how the story goes, and he's had a, a thirty or forty year career now, which would make James it Harrison Ford had a very similar path. Right, and so I mean, you know, and uh, you know, but I mean, you got to expect to work. I said so what what where it changed for me in terms of business. I think I was sitting in Schwab's or Nate Nails or one of the breakfast places, and somebody said, "You do not love acting, Rex." And I go, "What are you talking about? I'm workshopping all the time. I'm doing this. I'm doing." That. He said, "No, no, no. If you loved acting, you'd be out in the desert acting. You'd be you'd be acting even if nobody saw you. You would be acting and acting on the mountaintops. It doesn't matter if you have an." And I went, "Okay. In that case, I don't love acting." <laughs> You know, I mean, because you're right. I mean, it, if 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 you're looking at it like it's it's because it, a hobby you can love and it doesn't matter, uh, a passion you can have and it, it wouldn't matter. But if you love the idea of being a, a commercially successful actor, meaning somebody who's got a career in film or television or Broadway or something like that, um, you you know, we best follow your advice. So we best we will best think about it in those terms. You go act in the forest, you know, that's fine, but it's, it won't get you anywhere. I, I, I hope I'm making myself clear on that point. Um, in that you you can be passionate, but you can be 
stupid, I guess is what I want to say about your own career. And so it is time to get smart. Well, um, it's I, also a very big risk, you know, and I don't mean just in terms of, like, uh, making money. I mean in terms of putting yourself out there. There are a lot of people who like to think, I, I know I'm a superstar. I know that as soon as I really dedicate myself to this, I'm going to get a break and somebody's going to discover me, and that's all great. I'm just not going to do that right now. Uh-huh. You know, because that's sort of a safe place for them to stay with the dream and the fantasy without actually having to put themselves out there. Uh, I think anybody can make their dreams come true. I think they can have the career that they want. If they work hard, they, they, they plan to spend 15 years. If it happens in, in five, if it happens in ten, if it happens in one, you know, you, you're on a career path, so, you know, you're working your plan. But but as a reminder, you know, American Idol is out there. They do have cattle calls. There's hundreds of thousands of people who show up, and what we get to see are, are what they've weeded out for, for you know, entertaining television. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that that's what's out there. I mean, that's what's out there in the acting field as well, hundreds of thousands of other people who want to be stars. Absolutely. And, and not all of them have a good grip on reality either. So. No, and you know, and, and the, the interesting thing for me in Los Angeles was really the – the extreme amount of talented, good people that there are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think you're going to make it just because you're talented or just because you're pretty or just because you're one thing, it's just not going to happen. It's not enough. I mean, I remember my my manager uh, saying to me at one point, he kept trying to get me in to meet this one casting director. Now, this was after I'd done two TV series and a whole slew of movies, and I had really solid work behind me. Uh-huh. And uh, and he said to the casting director, he's like, this is a crying shame. You don't know this this actress. You know, it, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And she said to him, she goes, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm sure she's good. I'm sure she's a lovely person. She goes, I just don't need her. I have enough of that. I know those women. I, I have a, Every time I want to fill a role she's right for, I have enough people to call. It's just not someplace I need to put my focus. It's sad but true. Yeah. So if that's the case, you know, again, like that's what I'm saying is you have to be cultivating these relationships because by the time I was trying to get into her, there were other people who had cultivated that relationship and that, you know, and and they were solid there. So it had nothing to do, it was nothing personal, it had nothing to do with me, it had nothing to do with my work, it had nothing to do with what I had. It's just she had so many things she needed to fill, that area was full. And and there are 500 and some casting directors in Los Angeles, and and I finally I said to my manager, let's just stop fighting the fight. Let's go someplace else where I'm wanted, <laughs> you know, where they do need me. And what I'll tell people all the time is there's no shortage of actors. There's no shortage of actors in Los Angeles. There's no shortage of actors in Tennessee. You know, there's just no shortage of actors. So people think they get into this business and they think, okay, I'm all geared up and I'm ready for rejection and, you know, I'm I'm, I'm ready for them to say no to me. It's okay, but I'm going to get in the room and I'm going to do my thing and blah, blah, blah. And my biggest lesson when I first got out to L.A., and, and it was an ongoing lesson, unfortunately, was there really isn't that much rejection because there's just not that much attention paid to you. <laughs> True. Yeah. You don't get rejected because you don't get in the room. Right. 
Right. And that's and that was one of the most frustrating things for me. And that's one of the things I will say, if you go to a market like Atlanta, you actually get in the room. You have to be smart about it because you've got less chances to blow. If I have 500 casting directors and I get in the room in front of 10 or 12 of them and I blow it the first couple of times, it doesn't really mean that much. If I do that in Atlanta, I'm done. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about that in just a second. Kristen, I have to take a, a brief break here. Okay. And, and we'll be back. I am thoroughly enjoying this. And we also have a question in the chat room that I want to get to as well. Uh, oh, great. Follows up on what we're talking about. You are listening to RexSykes.com, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the official website. And we appreciate your comments and support of blogs and articles and conversations. Feel free to email me uh, when you hear about events coming up before I do, and I'll investigate them and try and get them up on the website. Also, in terms of casting or crew information, uh, we appreciate that. And please do share this website and these interviews with all your friends and all your fans and 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 your industry contacts. Uh, my guest coming up, uh, the queue is essentially it's Patrick Girardi, post-production sound supervisor and recording mixer, Terry Green, screenwriter and director, Eric Morris, the acting coach and author, John Paul Rice will be returning. He's a producer, Paul Provenza. Uh, now going into May, Paul Prevenza, the producer, director, actor, and comedian. John Race, the uh, director, author, Think Outside the Box Office, is coming back. Mitch Apley is an executive producer, editor, director. Dallas Jenkins, director. Sarah Neen Bruce, producer, director, is returning. Dallas, of course, is returning for, uh, I think, his fourth interview with us. Uh, Brad Hatfield is an Emmy Award-winning composer, musician and for TV and movies. Casting director Michael Sontag is coming back. That's when you just heard uh, Kristen... Uh, mentioned uh, moments ago, and uh, and Jason Brubaker is a composer. Go go to the interviews blog at rexsykes.com and check out the list. And there's a whole lot more uh, coming up as well. And uh, I know you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast so that you have all of them. Uh, Kristen, the question that uh, we have in the uh, chat room, uh, since we're talking about it, is: Are there any tips on how to get casting directors to know you? Yes. The first tip is to know who you are and what you do. Because the biggest mistake is to try to get them to know you because you're a good actor. Because, again, they don't hire a good actor. They hire the character. So if you think you can do everything, you end up being nothing to everyone. So you have to know your niche. You have to know who you are, and you have to know what what it is you fill, what spot you fill. And then the best thing I suggest is start to get to know these casting directors from a place of offering them your services, not trying to get a job. Again, they know you're an actor. You don't need to tell them you need a job. But you have skills and abilities beyond being an actor that might be useful. So I suggest to people you write postcards to casting directors, you offer to go in and be a reader for them for free to help them with their auditions. You offer to run a camera. If you don't know how to run a camera, you learn how to run a camera, and you offer to come run camera. So instead of me writing a postcard to a casting director, hi, I'm Kristen, I'm just new to town, I really want a job, and I hope you can hire me, I'm a really good actor, begging, 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 eh, bad. <laughs> I can send a postcard saying, hi, I'm an actress, I'm new to town, um, these are the types of roles that I play. By the way, if you ever need help with somebody coming in to be your reader or to run camera for your auditions, I would be honored to assist you. 
here's my number. Excellent. Excellent. It's something we don't think of. It's really interesting. I was talking to an actor who's made his living as an actor for probably 20 years, and he was complaining about this casting director, and he went in, and he's like, she always blows my read. She makes me really nervous. She blows my read. She's got bad energy in the room. What do you think her deal is? Why doesn't she like me? Yada, yada, yada. And I listened to this whole thing, and I said, um, I said, maybe she's nervous. And he said, What? I said, you know, she's behind the scenes for a reason. You're coming in. She's the reader in front of her boss, who's the director. Um, Maybe she's just nervous. And maybe you could set your intention to go in the room and ease her nerves or soothe her or try to connect with her in a way that reassures and brings comfort to her. And there was this dead silence for a really long time. And he finally goes, huh, you know, in all my years of doing this business, I never actually thought about it from that perspective. I never thought about what she was feeling. I only thought about it from me. Now think about it from that casting director. That casting director has 80 actors passing through her door in any given day. Every single one of them is trying to suck the life out of her. And then one person walks in there to actually help her and make her job easier and and provide something she needs. How much is that one actor going to pop? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and and again, I want to piggyback on this. This is... uh, uh, a very important concept, and that is, is, is in, as in, in all business, and part of the, the trend in business from about the 70s on has been to, it, it, what I always say is, is um, you know, if you want something, you've got to go first. There's a, there's a law in the universe called the law of reciprocity, which means, you know, if I buy you dinner, you want to buy me dinner. If I bring you donuts in the morning, you know, at, at coworkers, then they want to reciprocate, you know, by giving, they want to give something back. It's just a social kind of uh, pressure that we feel. We feel obligated. Well, I've always said, you know, if you pay attention to someone first, they feel more apt to pay attention to you. If you go to set them at ease first, they will feel more like setting you at ease. In other words, it's a reciprocal kind of relationship, but you need to be the one that initiates it. Uh, that's where I think the most bang for your dollar comes in, because if, you, if you're the kind of person who can walk into a room and set them at ease and make them feel comfortable, uh, recognize that that you appreciate them as people, not just because they can hire you, you know, uh, as an actor or or for whatever, but but that you, and that you can add value to them, they can return that in kind. Maybe not that day, but somewhere down the line, it's kind of like karma. It doesn't necessarily be instant, but they will they will they will you will stand out head and shoulders about everybody else who doesn't do that. Absolutely. And especially, I think the flip side of that that we don't think about as actors is think about what it feels like. We've all had experiences where somebody is in what I call take mode. Okay, Somebody's trying to sell me a used car, and I'm saying, dude, just let me walk around the lot first. Like, Stop trying to sell me before you even know me. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do as actors, and it feels gross. It doesn't feel good to us. It doesn't feel good to the other person. You know, I tell women all the time, I say, you know, it, it, it's like going on a date with a guy who you know has ulterior motives. <laughs> I haven't been on a date, but... He, he's very uh, focused on that place, right? 
And every woman knows what that feels like. On the flip side, every man knows what it feels like to be on a couple of dates with a woman and she's trying to push for more. Uh-huh. More, right. more relationship, more and more. And, and he feels like, you know, if you just back off and let me get to know you, I might want to go there, but because you're pushing it at me, my impulse, my instinct is to pull away. And that's what we do to casting directors all the time. You know, we're so busy pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's like I, I tell actors all the time, do not write them a letter telling them you need a job. If you're an actor, you need a job. Like, done. We know that. That's well, just, I, it feels I, gross. No, you're right, you're right. And I invite anybody to safely do this. Walk up to somebody they know and push them. Yeah, <laughs> see what happens. You know, see what happens. You know, because, I mean, in Aikido, in martial arts, so much of it is about utilizing energy that's there. If you push against something, it will push back. If you push against something, it will push back. You know, again, it's that kind of law of reciprocity. If that's what you're offering, that's what you get back. And if it's not what you want... You need to change how you're going after it. Maybe you even have to change what you want in order to get ultimately what uh, you might enjoy more. So you, right. excellent advice, Kristen. I mean, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's absolutely wonderful advice. Um, I, you know, and, and there's a lot more to talk about about this, and, and we will. I just want to alert our listeners and readers that Kristen's going to be coming back because, you know, there's no way we could cover this topic in just an hour. Um, but, but that, I mean, I mean, that is just awesome. Um, and somebody says that they're one of your students and you're a great coach. So oh. <laughs> Corey, Corey's in the chat room, and there's many people in the chat room, so that's that's very cool. fabulous. Um, and and a lot of great comments on on uh, what an awesome interview you're providing and and the information oh. that they love it. So that's cool. And some I know are not your student. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Corey identified, but no, I mean I, I know some of the other people who are there. They're they're great listeners, and and that's and they tune in regularly, and so this is awesome. As well as well as many that I don't know who they are, but um, let me ask you about let's let's just move forward a little bit because we can, we can come back unless 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 I'm moving forward too quickly on this topic. Um, but you know what about that the the audition now? You know you, the idea is set them at ease. You know go in with the right mindset. You know find a way to connect. Uh, and I know there's more information there. But now they're in the room and and they kind of doing some of that. What about the on-camera stuff? And we only, we're only going to have, you know, about 12 minutes to start this topic, but, but uh, maybe we can get into some of it. In terms yeah, of how, how do they make it so that they can book some work? What do they have to do? Uh, what they have to do is, that, first of all, you have to realize that almost all of your auditions now are at least initially on camera. So at least in Atlanta, and there, it's moving this way more and more places, you generally speaking do not go in the room and meet them the first audition, sometimes not ever. Sometimes they book you right off of the tape. So that's where I'm saying this audition technique, this on-camera audition technique, you've got to be skilled at this. Otherwise, what ends up happening and again, to, to start to think from the other side of the table a little bit, is if I am down to a couple of actors and, and I'm trying to decide and maybe I like one for the part more, but the other one has a lot more confidence and comes off as a professional, then I'm going to hire the one who comes off as a professional, especially if it's a smaller role. Because you know what? More than I need cabbie number three to be a great actor, I need cabbie number three to be able to drive the car, say his lines, and not flub my shot. 
you know, and that's what most of what we're going in on when we're starting our careers are, you know, cabbie number three. The first job I ever got, I had half of a line, (laughs) not even a whole line. I started to say something and then it got cut off, you know. So they're not out to hire the best actor, but you've got to have your your skill, your audition skill up to par. And what that means, certain things like there's the, I'm teaching a whole class in what I call the art of the slate. And for people who don't know, when they ask you as an actor to slate, it means you look directly into camera, you say your name, your agency, the role that you're reading for, and then you transition into the audition. Now, just that aspect alone is a huge skill that people need to have. I want to see warmth. I want to see that that slate, that little 12-second or 15-second thing that you do right there has replaced walking in the room and saying hi to them. So I need them to be able to fall in love with me right then and there and be pulling for me before my audition even starts. I see so many actors, they look at the camera, they get slightly frozen, they do name, rank, and serial number, you know, and I'm – I have to tell actors this, and it's heartbreaking for some people to hear, but the the way that they watch most auditions is on fast forward. Mm-hmm. So what makes them stop and go, wait, 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 back up. That, that looked interesting. It's life. If your head is buried in your script, there's no life happening. If you've memorized your lines and you've practiced how to say them, there's no life happening and the camera picks it up. The difference between theater and film is that in theater, the audience reads your body. On film, the camera reads your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if your thought is on the line, if you're watching the other person waiting for them to stop talking so you can say your line the way you practiced it, I can guarantee you, you do not have a job there, nor do you make a fan out of that casting director. It's very interesting to me that so, so many people, actors get their script and the first thing and, and like 90% of their concern is the lines. But think about it. If I see 100 actors for the same job, the only thing they all have in common is they say the same words. Right. So why put all of this attention and focus on memorizing these words? I teach people how to use the script in a way. No, I honor the writer's words. I do not change words. I do not encourage actors to change words. I think it's unprofessional. You've been given a script. You need to respect that writer's script. However you have a script in your hand when you're auditioning. So when you learn good audition technique, that script becomes a part, a very fluid, very useful part of the scene. It's not your enemy. It's not a distraction like a lot of people think. And if you go in memorized, you're in trouble. And so where they hold the script is important as well. Where they hold the script, how they use the script, if the script is even, now Rex, even if your script is a little bit, let's say, to your right, you're holding in your right hand, it's a little bit to your right. Where do your eyes go when you go to look at your script? They go down and to the side. Can you manage to go have your eyes look down and to the side and look back up without looking shifty? 
<laughs> you just can't do it. You cannot do it. It looks shifty. It looks your your face is. Blur. I mean, I have seen people who who directors and casting people who are watching auditions on their giant <laughs> flat screen TV. Your face is like three feet tall. So how distracting is it when your eyes are bobbing all over the place, when your head is moving all over the place? It's very distracting. One of the techniques that I teach people that I think is vital is that you you don't memorize your lines. You do learn what your scene is about. You learn what your thoughts are. You learn what you're saying. I always have my actors able to be off of their page, connected with the other person before the scene starts, they think a thought before they start talking, and they know the first thing that they're saying. If you know the first thing and the very last thing, then you, you should be able to start your scene and end your scene with your eyes up. Good point. Good point. Yes. And that is a vital piece of technique that I think is a big... If you start with your head down, then... I have no scene, and, and if I'm watching on Fast Forward, I, I stop to talk about you. I, all I'm seeing is like the part in your hair. You know, <laughs> you have not captivated my attention. <laughs> you know, I, I have got to say, and, 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 I, and I break this because I did a role in a, in a feature film. I co-starred in this movie, and, uh, you know, I'm used to looking below camera, just, just below so that my face is seen, especially when the camera is lower than me. You know, and so that my head is not down, so you're not seeing the part or the bald spot, you know, that kind of thing. You're not seeing the top of the head. And this director kept saying, no, no, you've got to put your head down, you put your head down, and I would fight with him, and he's, no, 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 you know. And, and, and so finally I, I did it his way. And then I see the movie, and I'm like, you know, I was, I was right, and he was wrong, because there's mm-hmm. nothing interesting about the top of somebody's head. And, right. And especially if you're in an audition. I mean, you know, I can't do anything about it. The movie's out there now, you know, but, but if you're in an audition... Uh, you absolutely want your face to be seen and your eyes to be seen. That that is that is critical. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and you can, when you're talking and you're you can look at your script and still have life going on and still be connected to the person and still be in the scene. You can do that while you're talking. What you can't do is be looking at your line while the other person's talking, which is another big technical mistake actors make. If I am doing an audition, the camera is on me. When you're saying your lines, if I'm looking down at my script to get my next line, there's no life happening at all. You're off camera. The camera's just on me at that point. So it goes, it's a little counterintuitive, but actors have to learn to really stay connected when the other person's talking. If I need to look at my line, the time for me to look at my line is actually when I'm talking. And I'll say to people, I'll say, you know, you're going to know when it's your turn for your line. Do you know how you know? The other person stops talking. They stop speaking. (laughs) They actually only have their line to say. If you just listen, they will at some point stop talking. Then if you need to, you can look down at that point. But so many actors want to look at the script or follow along the script. Well, if the camera is only on you, we just hear an off-camera person going like that <laughs> and see your face down. How interesting of a scene is that? 
that's uh, just absolutely critical uh, advice. You know, we got about two minutes left, uh, and, and I want to say uh, also on top of that that, you know, I, I think all actors should practice the Steve McQueen approach, actor or actress, a woman or man, it doesn't matter. And that was that McQueen would go through and, and literally etch out a lot of his lines in movies, you know, so because it was for him, it was about listening and responding and 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 doing the work without having to say a whole lot. Uh, and whether you think he was a good actor or not a good actor uh, isn't my point. My point is is that when you're on camera, as Kristen is saying, and the other person is speaking, and your face is there, listening to the person talking and connect and staying connected, as you said, is is crucial and is critical. It's 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 what gives you the impetus for what you say next. I mean, that's what happens in everyday life. Typically, you know, there's an exchange. We listen to what they say. Right. And we come up with what we're saying as as they're speaking or after they said it. And if you're if you're watching the other person and thinking of your line because you've memorized it, the camera picks that up and it's boring and flat. It shows absolutely. We have a minute left, yeah. and and this has just been fantastic. We got lots of lots <laughs> of chat in the chat room. Uh, you know, people commenting on what a great show it is and they can't wait for more and that they want you back. I want to give out your website. It is, oh, yes. Uh, it is for, Blueprint for Hollywood. Blueprint for, and it's the number four, blueprintforhollywood.com. We've got some great stuff on there. We've got a couple of um, actually products you can order. I have an audition bag where I help actors stay really um, organized and prepared. We've got a couple of things like that, and um, you can see some upcoming things. If you're in the Atlanta area, we always do a free preview class first Friday of every month. So come on out. You know, I'm doing this movie. We're producing this feature here, and, and, and our editor and, and special effects is in Atlanta. And uh, the director always goes down there. But I'm going to have to come down one of these times. Yes, come there. sit in on my class. It'll be so much fun. And the last Friday of the month is always an, an open class. I call it a community class. And this, uh, you just pay at the door. Twenty bucks comes, gets you in. And this month we're doing the art of the slate. So I'm going to be talking to everybody about that whole introdu- introducing yourself on camera aspect. That'll be fun. Awesome. Well, we come back. Um, we're going to have uh, Kristen back again. We're going to uh, – I'll, I'll announce it both on the show and on the website as well, so stay tuned. And if you liked it, and I know you did because I get all the comments in the chat room, if you really like this interview and all the other interviews that, that you listen to, realize you're getting this information for free. And uh, what I would like you to do is, is to do what you've been doing, and that is tweet about it, post it on your walls, spread the word far and wide. That helps Kristen and her efforts. It helps each and every guest that I have get, get information out to you, the listener, who uh, can benefit from this. Because I benefit from listening to my guests. I know that you must as well. So please help us share it. Uh, in whatever way you can. Spread the word far and wide. And go ahead and repost these. Remember that this is available as a podcast, Rex Sykes Movie Beat from iTunes. It's available at RexSykes.com. Kristen will probably, you may put a link or, or have it on your website, wherever. So share her website and this information. Oh, Kristen, you have been fantastic. You've got lots of chatter going. Um, you'll come back. We'll talk more about this. Uh, there's been some questions at the end about kids and teen acting, so I know that there's more that, that we can do it. To, we can address, but uh, we'll talk more about on-camera technique and why it's important and how to audition and uh, maybe how the business has changed, which we've uh, all of which we've touched on, but uh, we've got plenty more to, to discuss. You've been fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank Chris. you. Thank you. Uh, have a fabulous weekend. Is, is tonight a class? 
tonight is uh, not a class. Okay. No. But, next but tomorrow we, ha- we do have kids' classes, so go on the website. <laughs> All right. And her information, her biography page is at, at, at my website as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Kristen. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. All right. And uh, keep in mind that you can become a member of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Facebook group by clicking on the group link at my profile page, or you can now like Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends, which was the fan page. There's uh, Wisconsin Film Jobs. It's a cause. If you're listening from Wisconsin, you're a Wisconsin filmmaker or a fan, please go join that cause. It's to keep Wisconsin film friendly and keep our movie business alive. Everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that a wrap.